Shalom, and welcome to Kol Dorot On Your Way, a project of Kol Dorot, a Reformed Jewish community in Bergen County, New Jersey. I'm Rabbi Noah Fabricant. So this is this is an experiment. This is our first group discussion, sitting uh, sitting around the table, all in the same room, mm-hmm. so that so that you can <clears throat> identify our voices. I'm Rabbi Noah Fabricant. I'm Cantor Sarah Silverberg. I'm Rabbi David Widzer. And I'm Anat Katil. All right. So for our first group discussion, for our first going around the table, we are still very much in the glow of the High Holy Days. And so we thought that we would just take a moment to reflect as as your rabbis and cantor and educator on what these first High Holy Days as Kol Dorot were like for us. And so the first question that I wanted to put on the table my friends, was what is something new? There was a lot, you know, for this first Holy Days as Kol Dorot, there were a lot of traditions, um, a lot of experiences, services, prayer books that were new to all of our congregants, but there was a lot that was that was new for each one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a new thing you experienced at the High Holy Days this year that, uh, that was striking to you that added something to your High Holy Day experience? Anat, let's start with you. Uh, I really loved the new prayer books. I have to say, especially Yom Kippur, I felt like sitting in the in the prayer in the service and going through the book and just enjoying some of the special poems. That hearing Cantor Sarah's voice and reflecting on some of the content was a very special feeling for me. What machzor did you grow up with? I grew up with no machzor sitting at home with my parents and not actually going to services on the high holidays for the most part or visiting them as a child and then not having a book of my own. When did you start going? Um, I think it was just a little after I came to the States and started going to high holidays. (laughs) Is it, you know, our new Moxor has a lot of Israeli text in it. It has a lot of modern Israeli, modern Hebrew poetry in it. Some of it is actually printed in Hebrew in the Machsor also. How do you how do you feel about those? I, th- I think that was exactly what pulled me in. Looking at it, I never had a, a way of engaging as much with a Machsor as I did this year. It was the texts that were familiar to me and really pulled me in and made the reflection that much more meaningful. And I like that it adds another layer for Americans that they can connect with the poetry, maybe not in Hebrew, but in translation, and understand the themes of it and be exposed to the richness of, of Hebrew literature as well. Um, and that that lends itself to another layer of connection uh, in the holiday season. Any other thoughts on the, on the new prayer book? I was actually only a little sad that I didn't have as much time to flip through it as I would have liked from where, where we were leading. When we sat and planned and decided we'll do this reading and not that one, we'll pick this page and not that page, we did some of it. Um, but because we were so much in the moment of leading our way through the service, um, I don't know, I feel like I have to sit for an extra hour just to go <laughs> through each of the services to find the other pieces that uh, could be really meaningful. But I liked for our community that they had that opportunity. I didn't feel like they weren't paying attention to us, that they were also engaged in different ways and that the master really lent itself to that. Rabbi, what's what's something new that was striking to you? 
I like the way that we've integrated different customs and traditions from our legacy communities. I thought that uh, Kol Nidre night, the night of Yom Kippur in particular, uh, really had a lot of great, meaningful moments, um, bringing in the legacy custom of entering with the Torah scrolls and with the procession of past presidents of both legacy communities, Mm -hmm. I thought was so powerful a statement of unity, of what it means for our new community to be drawing on our past uh, and moving into our future together. I thought that that was a a really powerful moment. And the conclusion of that night, uh, drawing on a tradition from uh, legacy at TBO of remaining in silence afterwards, after the final benediction. Mm. Um, And there's, we say so many words and sing so many melodies throughout the course of the High Holy Days. We have moments of silent reflection, um, but sometimes not enough. And concluding that night with those moments of introspection and quiet, even if it lasted just as we got out to the car, was able to, I think, really deepen the mood for me. And I really appreciated that as an opportunity for myself and for the community. I loved watching that uh, and the community taking that so seriously and meaningfully. Yeah, I I really love that. that The Torah, oh, the the silence? I was thinking of the end. What were you going to say? I was going to say the beginning. (laughs) I loved the Torah procession. I thought that was beautiful. I loved seeing the really long line of of presidents walk into the sanctuary with the Torahs. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. Very and actually, I have to say, in a behind-the-scenes kind of moment, mm-hmm. the, the five minutes before the procession, when we had all of these past presidents gathered in the, the office, many of whom had not yet met each other, but were able to recognize the significance of that moment. And there, in one room, was the history of our leadership, for decades, mm-hmm. all in one place, all coming together to help create this new community. I thought there was a lot of great power in that, even the behind-the-scenes moment, too. Absolutely. And and so coming back to the the end, the end of Kol Nidre, I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I love that moment. Every every year, that's a real a highlight for me. And I remember when when Cantor Sarah and I were first thinking about trying that, asking mm-hmm. people to leave silently, we were really not sure if it would work. Yeah. Or, or not. <laughs> and genuinely nervous about it. Right. Like, would, yeah. you, would we give this instruction and just have people ignore it and have it break down <laughs> right away? And, and the, first, the first year we did it, we just said, you know, please, please remain silent until you get to the sanctuary doors. And so then even once you got out into the lobby, then people could start to talk. And then, then it, wor- it worked really well and people really really responded to it. And so the next year we said, okay, now let's keep the silence, uh, you know, until you get uh, to yeah. the doors of the synagogue. And and so who knows, maybe some years from now, it'll be, you know, please keep silent until you get to your car, until you, <laughs> until until you, you return home. home. <laughs> but, you know, we people, I think, are more, are uncomfortable by silence. Um, and I think that that's okay on that night of all nights to have that moment where you really have to be with yourself. And one of the things that I noticed this year more than other years um, is that it's a very social silence. 
Mm. Um, because even though people know that they're not supposed to talk, but they do want to greet each other and acknowledge each other, mm. and 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 um, and and people are you know pressed very close together because it's a big crowd and everyone's trying to move, and so you see people kind of you know uh, communicating with their bodies and mm-hmm. with their eyes and their facial expressions. Um, a lot of a, hugs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in a way that's that's really nice, and I and I thought that was um, sort of really fun to watch at at Kol Nidre. Mm-hmm. A lot of beautiful gestures. Mm-hmm. So, Cantor, uh, what's what's something new for you this year? So I had never personally or professionally participated in double services. Right, <laughs> that was a big change for me, um, and so. I just I knew ahead of time it would be a lot of singing. <laughs> um, I didn't expect quite how physically exhausting it was, um, or how exhausting it would be. But I found in the moment that there was just so much energy in each of the services that I didn't feel it until like the next day, the exhaustion. Mm. And each service had this different vibe and tone to it, which I loved because it made the prayers and the liturgy different for each of the services. Um, and so, you know, singing Unitana Tokef twice is a challenge but I found different things in it each time I sang it um and I can't differentiate anymore like what I felt when but I I remember enjoying it just as much both times but you you felt there was a difference I felt that too that the uh, whether it's the early service or the late service on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur there is there's a different feel to Mm -hmm. it and the words land differently uh yeah, the words land differently and you know it's different people at each service and yeah. so people heard it differently and that affects how I sing it and how the choir sings it and how the piano um, accompanies everyone and so um, certainly in those congregational pieces like Matovu is the one that sticks out for me of like people coming in and excitement and uh, but it's a different excitement in each service Every in the early service everyone's you know we've got our or early birds who are ready to go. Right. The morning people. <laughs> the morning people. And the late service, everyone has slept in and is feeling good. It's a little bit of a calmer energy, but like still ready to go and ready to participate in services. Yeah, and we were so worried about people dividing themselves into the early service and the later service. I I personally was worried yes. that we would show up and there would only be 100 people in the room for the early service or something like that. Um, we talked about taking RSVPs and how would that work. Um, but actually, it was a, a High Holy Day miracle. And, and the, the congregation divided Self-selected. Um, fairly evenly, evenly enough yeah. mm-hmm. for the early service and the late Parting service. Parting of the congregation but another thing that i hadn't expected was that it was just it was this lovely extended morning of seeing old and new friends and like because when it's just one service it's all condensed all at once you see everybody at the same time but this way it was like spread out the whole morning and so this warm all the warm hugs that came like just you know from eight in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon just all morning. It's great. Rabbi, were there what was new and different, exciting for you this year? 
you know, I'm going to I'm going to take something that that might seem a little bit trivial just from the very, very end, um, but that I really loved. So one thing that we had never done before, uh, what at the very end of Nila, having all of the kids come up with glow sticks. <laughs> now, we had done something like this before. We had had uh, we had invited kids to come back at the very end of Nila to hear the last blast of the shofar and to be on the bima for Haftalah, but it had never quite worked. We had them, you know, we had tried to hand out uh, spice bags and, and sachets and things like that. And I think, uh, you know, Rabbi, you were saying that the custom at the legacy Temple Bethel had been glow sticks. And I think as soon as we heard that word glow sticks, I said, okay, now we're, we're in. in. Now, now we're in. Because <laughs> we, we, need, we, need, we need kids who are going to be excited. Um, and actually, sort of on a more serious note, you know, we did have a number of families and children of the congregation who came back at the end of Yom Kippur. And after that, that long day, after sort of the, the emotional experience of the, the scope of Yom Kippur, you know, when we got to the end, we were able to see a knot back there. Um, and it, it was really powerful um, and, and cathartic and exciting, not all, of course, to see my own kids, mm-hmm. um, but also just to see the rest of our kids coming up, you know, so excited to be, to be holding their, their glow sticks and, and lighting the way uh, into the new year. And, and, uh, what, what was it, it like was, back there? It was such a, an amazing boost of energy at the end of a long day with all of their excitement and just keeping it together <laughs> just a little longer until it was time to walk down. The, the energy in the back was just incredible. <laughs> It brings a nice feeling. At the end of a long day, it's it's hard sometimes. Um, but at the end of Ni'ila, to go into the new year with that burst of energy, with that uplift, uh, for for the for with all the kids there, um, you know, your kids came up. I saw you pick Franny up in your in your arms. For years, I'd do that with Judah, with Ellie Sheva also, and never could make it through the line and the, the benediction, that last page of uh, Gates of Repentance, something about hearts of parents turning to children and children turning to parents. I can never make it through. <laughs> I always would point to whichever canter and say, you read that one, I can't read that one. So I was actually very glad that I could say that one. I had that line this year that I could say that. Okay, Ellie mm-hmm. Sheva was up there with me, but it wasn't quite the same thing. But recognizing and seeing you with your daughter and with all of our kids around us has that nice it's the right way to end uh and that multi-generational way to to begin it again so second question lightning round which for rabbis and cantors and educators means not actually that fast (laughs) (laughs) right answer answer this question as, as quickly as you can um, the question is, you know, what is something that you are taking out of these High Holy Days that you want to try to do new or differently or be focused on in this new year? And Cantor, why don't we start with you? Okay. Um, so in the days following the High Holidays, my uh Facebook Cantor's group has been debriefing a lot about all the different kinds of music that they use during the high holidays. There's a thread recently that was really interesting about what kind of secular music did you bring into the high holidays. Um, And it just got me thinking about like just how much music there is um, in our Jewish world that comes out and is new. I keep getting books in the mail with like all this new Shabbat music and social justice music. And there's just not 
time to sit and look through it. So I think I'm going to put on my calendar so that it's always there 30 minutes once a week where I just sit down and I look at new music whether it's online or in some of the books that I've received and like haven't ever had a chance to go through. And then my next step that I haven't completely uh, fleshed out yet is um, is how to share some of it because I don't want to just keep it with me. I want to be able to share it with everyone else also. Um, and so I'm sure I'll, I'll share like 5% of what I learned. But um. Jewish music podcasts? Or Jewish Ooh. music podcasts. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just thinking about how that's going to continue to enrich our worship uh, and our yes. Shabbat and, and, school. and the school. And school. And... Yeah, lots of different ways. Um, so that's the beginning of my – I haven't started yet. <laughs> it's not on my calendar yet. Um, but it will be after this podcast. All right. Well, well let's, let's keep going, going around the table. Yeah, it's a good – it's an interesting question because there are a couple of different ways – to answer it, and it's supposed to be fast, so I'm not quite sure how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, though, that definitely affected me uh, over the last 18 months, I've been had been part of a cohort with the Institute for Jewish Spirituality, um, and deepening and enriching and really exploring what spiritual practice means. Uh, and I found that coming through in worship, but also in study, in mindset. Um, and my time with the cohort has ended. I'm now an alum of the program, uh, but I'm looking at, in the coming year, how do I continue this journey of health and wholeness uh, on all the uh, important levels? Uh, what does that mean in terms of my own prayer practice or spiritual practice or study practice or interaction with the world? Uh, and what does that mean for us as a community, this notion of wholeness, I think, is also something that we are seeking. We've done, I think, a tremendous effort at giving launch to this entity of Col de Rote. And I really look forward to seeing how do we deepen that? How do we deepen connections and relations between people and between different parts of our community and find a way towards wholeness uh, for Col de Rote as well? So a personal and a, a professional goal, I think. Anat, how about you? One of the things that I've had uh, the honor to do in the past high holidays here is uh, join in by playing the drums. And while I'm not a professional drummer, I've been very worried about missing beats as I play and join in the music, but I've been having a lot of fun with it uh, and found that it really helped enhance my uh, prayer experience. Uh, And reflecting on that and thinking about my resolution for the year, my year is going to be a little bit like playing the drum. There's a lot to it and a lot uh, that I'm trying to bring into it. And I'm constantly worried about missing beats. And I think uh, the best way to look at it for me is that I'm uh, going to enjoy my year, enjoying Uh, everything that the year brings to me, even if it means missing a beat here and there. It's about finding the right rhythm of your life. Exactly. Uh, And Rabbi, how about you? I was still trying to think of drum puns to to (laughs) throw it it a knot. That's as close as I could get with the (laughs) rhythm. I was good. I feel like I have so many things, but the the thing that I want to focus on um, 
is really coming back to the sermons that I gave uh, for these High Holy Days. You know, I think one of the the real privileges of working with two rabbis um, is it meant writing fewer sermons. Um, half, half, even, uh, of the sermons I would normally write. And, and I really appreciated that because it gave me the ability to really focus in um, a lot more intensely on the things that I that I wanted to talk about. And so, my, you know, my sermon on Rosh Hashanah was about the vision for Kol Dorot and some of our aspirations for our new community. And on Yom Kippur at Kol Nidre, I spoke about Zionism and the the upcoming World Zionist Congress elections and and some of my own journey uh, in relationship to the state of Israel. And one of the things over the years that I've found is that we've, I focus so intensely on my high holiday sermons in the months leading up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's sort of, you know, it's all I think about and I'm spending so much time reading and writing. And then I give them and they get whatever response they get and I feel about them however I feel about them. Um, and then I move on to other things. Um, and it's sort of, you know, it kind of sometimes feels like, okay, mission accomplished, you know, on to the next. Um, but my intention, of course, is that my high holiday sermons be sort of the starting point for for a conversation or for action uh, for myself and for the community. And so, um, you know, certainly the Rosh Hashanah sermon about the direction of Kol Road is something that I think about all the time and will continue to be engaged with, with, with the three of you and with our lay leaders and with our whole congregation um, in the months and years to come. But especially the Israel sermon, I, you know, I don't preach about Israel very much, uh, partially because it's difficult for me to put into words what I think and feel about it. Um, and so that was an interesting exercise for me to try to put those things together. And I and I really would like them to have practical effect in the community. I, th- I think, you know, I was serious about us putting together 400 votes for the World Zionist Congress election. That is a huge goal for a congregation our size, but I, I do think it's achievable. Um but I think there that's just the beginning. I think there are other aspects of thinking about Israel and, and just talking about Israel and being engaged with this idea of Zionism. Um, we have an adult learning class that's scheduled coming up for after the new year um, that's going to be about Zionism and sort of exploring our relationships, relationships with Israel. I, I think those are things that I haven't always done as much as some other rabbis because I find them difficult. Um, but this year, I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. I don't I, I'm not so I don't you you might not know this, but so you read my Israel sermon before I gave it. You were the only person who read wow. that sermon so before I before I gave it. I I'm I I don't know. This is that's just my process. I'm I'm very private about the sermons until they're out there in the world. Um, but you know as as not only an Israeli, but someone who I know has has thought deeply about these issues and someone I respect. I don't know. What are you thinking about kind of Israel in the congregation? It's been an interesting journey because for me, I've I've physically moved away from Israel. And I think that allowed me to acknowledge how much I needed to emotionally embrace and, and be around people who embrace Israel more. Uh, and I think in the congregation, it's been always a, a point of strength for me to have some people to talk to about Israel and to have people to engage with me and seeing the excitement even around the the election class that we had last year seeing how many people are interested in having those conversations made it all the more exciting for me to be able to uh, bring some of that and some of my relationship with Israel into the congregation 
I think we can expect a lot more of that in in the new year. And so thank thank you in advance. Thank you. And thank you to Cantor Sarah Silverberg and Rabbi David Witzer, Anat Katsir, our Kolderot educator. Um, I, I think we'll wait. We'll wait to see how this comes out. But <laughs> uh, but then but then I think we'll do this again. It was fun. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you truly for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Please share this podcast. Spread the word to anyone you think might be interested. Until next time, shalom uvracha, peace and blessings from Kolderot. Derot.